Welcome to On the Prowl. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of On the Prowl Podcast. I'm your host, Robert Roden. And I'm Raymond Johnson. Thank you for listening to us today. Today on this episode, we have William Pattison, host of The Patifacts from Memphis, Tennessee. Welcome to the show, William. Thanks for having me on, guys. Thank you. How are you today, man? Doing well. Doing well. Just moved into Knoxville yesterday, so I got my place all set up, and uh, I'm happy to be on here. We're glad to have you on, finally, and just get to talk about sports with you and just yeah well you know we uh went to went to two pc together uh church and i you know i guess we just know each other through the years through youth group and just kind of being around there in that environment and uh you know i've, I've followed the on the prowl podcast ever since y'all came out with it a couple of years ago and um i continue to see y'all's work and now that i'm doing my own thing uh with my own podcast you know i think it's a great idea to you know put us all together and, and talk some sports yeah, it's great to be able to talk to other podcasters and just learn how we all think alike and just how we all want to do our own show and just pick each other's minds. So you obviously started a show called The Patifax this past June. And so tell us more about that and how it got started and what your goal is with hosting a show alone. Yeah, well, yeah, well you know, I, I did a lot of it in, in high school for MUS and broadcasting and sports have always been a passion of mine. Mm-hmm. You know, some of my best friends, they'll, they'll tell you, I love sports and I love to talk. So, you know, you put those naturally together and you get, you know, podcasts and like that. So I always wanted to be a broadcaster. I started it my sophomore year of high school at MUS and we started our own uh, Instagram account and social media platform for MUS Athletics. And we started off with kind of graphic design and stuff like that. And once we kind of got the rhythm of, you know, the rhythm of posting and stuff like that, we got more leeway and we really got to let our creativity go. So I ended up doing interviews, uh, shows, and uh, videography, and it just kind of continued to grow. And I really had a lot of fun doing it. It was also a lot of great experience as well. Yeah. But, um, you know, this past year in January, I was uh, sitting on my couch in my dorm with my, my roommate. We were watching Colin Cowherd, as we usually did during the week. And I turned to him, and I was like, man, I think I'm going to start my own podcast. You know, just start my own platform where I can put out my own thoughts on on sports and get my own takes. Because a lot of people that know me know I love you know, giving my takes and stuff like that. So right. it just, uh, you know, it's kind of like a, a six month process of really getting it together. I kind of came up with the idea in January, but I wanted to make sure I'd had everything straight. So I wanted to make sure I had the right equipment, knew what I was doing, stuff like that. So um, I always always had a, a, a set time of June to really kind of launch it because I knew yeah. that would be around the NBA finals and yeah. NBA is one of my favorite favorite leagues. So, and, uh, you know, it got started and I've really enjoyed doing it so far. It's, 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 uh, off to a great start. So, so you, you already kind of to alluded to one of my first questions. What are some of your favorite sports to, to cover? You know, I, I love all sports, but I'm a, I'm a huge NBA guy. Yes, I, mean, sir. I, love, I love getting my NBA takes. I love the Grizzlies, but I really just love basketball in general. I, I tell everyone, you know, I'll turn on a, a, any NBA game. It don't matter if the, you know, the, the thunder are playing, Yes, you know, the, the Pistons. I'll still watch it and enjoy. Yes, it. yes. And you know, I'm, I, I love I love college football. I've really started getting the NFL, okay. and uh, I started watching hockey too, hockey and golf. And those those weren't really some of my favorites growing up. But I think really as I've been doing this podcasting stuff, I've really kind of figured out. You know, I really you know want to be able to talk talk about some of these other subjects for my listeners. And, right. Um, so really, I mean, I'll, I'll sit down and watch anything. So okay. I, mean, I, I just I enjoy sports, but NBA. Yes. My yes, I'm with you. I'm with you 100%. <laughs> and then, um, you know, the videography and graphic design and stuff like that, it really all applies to, uh, you know, 
sports media as a whole. You know, I'm taking classes here at University of Tennessee. And one of the first things I learned is, you know, journalism is more than just, you know, a pen and paper writing down a, a column or, you know, interviewing someone. There's a lot of other aspects to it. And you can have a journalism major and be the guy behind the camera, you know, right. and just know how to work the camera, stuff like that. For so sure. uh, I think a lot of the videography and graphic design stuff has really just, again, taught me just the process of, you know, putting a product out. So for a graphic, you know, you got to get your, your idea and then you got to, you know, design it and then you got to, you know, polish it, make sure it looks good. Same thing applies to a podcast. You know, you got to do your research, you got to, you know, record it. And then you got to make sure, you know, you add in, like I do some, I throw in some sound effects and stuff like that, you know, just polishing it off. So yeah. really, really, it's just taught me, you know, just there's a process to it all. So, yeah, we started on the prowl. It was 2020. It was April 4th. Was it April? When, yeah, it was April 4th, 2020. So it was right when COVID hit. So the day of COVID, of course, we were all in quarantine. We had nothing to do. We didn't know what to do. So I grew up listening to Jason John, Gary Paris, Chris Vernon, and so forth. And in class, I would have headphones in listening to 92.9. And so anyways, I've always wanted to host a sports radio show and have my own. So I was on another local sports podcast here in Memphis, and I was a guest on their show, and they had me talk about NFL. And this was when Odell went to the Browns. They were like, so what are your predictions? And the first thing I said, Super Bowl bound. It was, I don't know why, but I just said it. And so anyways, they, they had, my birthday was later on and they had gave, they given me a, a microphone. They gave me a microphone and I, so I just went ahead and started my own show. Cause I was like, okay, this is what I can do with the COVID pandemic. This is what I can do while we're all inside. So I asked Ramey, who's a friend of mine, we met in sixth grade, but we became, became good friends in ninth grade. And so we've always been like big rivals of who knows more about sports and quiz each other. So I was like, you know what, instead of ending the rivalry, why not just get him to do it with me? And it's someone I know that would be down to do it, not me having to do it alone or look for someone by searching for months just to have someone to do a show with me. So I asked Ramey and he replied back immediately, yes. So that's how we started it. And then we started getting our guests and we started getting a logo made and hats and merch and everything. So it just all came together in a cool form. And we got the intros made, the outro made, the Instagram account, social media platforms, the SoundCloud, Spotify, everything all came together like a puzzle. So it's pretty cool how it all fit together, just how it works. Yeah. Well, I mean, like it's, it's, it's a process, you know, you know, you just, no, over sure. time, like I said, it's, it's cool to look back. And, you know, I was talking to my buddy a couple of weeks ago talking about, you know, how we started the MUS thing. And I was like, you know, it's cool to look back and see where you started and now where you are now. Yeah. Start off is just me, another guy in my class, and we had a faculty supervisor. We were doing everything. Mm. And, you know, I graduated. We had done the interviews and stuff like that. And we had, we we tallied up, I mean, seven people wanted to do what I did. And we had 14 people want to do uh, graphic design. So it's cool when other people see what you want to do and see what you're doing, want to get involved with it too. So again, it's just a, you know, it's a process and it's really cool to look back and see how much you've grown. So so who's been your favorite interview so far? (sighs) Well, let's see, you know, you talk about COVID and I did a, a series called, where are you now? Okay. And I was working for MUS. So where are you? And yeah, yeah that makes so, sense. Okay. Um, and we on the show we we interviewed uh, alumni who were at the next level athletically, and that was okay. kind of our little slogan for it. Gotcha. So um, got to got to meet a lot of different people. 
Um, uh, Maurice Hampton was a big hit. Maurice played at uh, MUS, went to LSU, uh, just, you know, won a national championship, played baseball too. He's now playing baseball for Samford now. Okay. Uh, incredible athlete. So he was cool to talk to. And I knew him, but it was still getting cool to see him. Yeah. You know, sure. After he'd been at LSU and won a ring. Yeah, for so, sure. Uh, let's see. Tom Hudden was really cool. He was an NFL punter, uh, played for the Eagles, went to Tennessee. Uh, he told me that one of his favorite stories uh, is when he had to tackle Deion Sanders uh, <laughs> when he played the Cowboys. You know, just, yeah. uh, so just, you know, telling stories, stuff like that. Um, I think Tom Hudden was one of my favorite ones, but, okay. uh, you know, I've, I've done a lot of different interviews with people, but, um, I've never really had them on, on camera. Like I did with where are you now? So yeah. did you ever get an interview with Gary Wonderlich? I did. I did one with Gary Wonderlich. Um, and he was Ole Miss's kicker for four years. Mm-hmm. Um, so I got to kind of talk to him, uh, uh, you know, about his, you know, I, I brought it up. I guess when he played Memphis, he got kicked out of one of the games, got ejected because um, there there was fighting going on Mm -hmm. and they kicked him out, but it was actually one of him as one of his teammates and they still kicked him out. So I thought that was funny. And uh, Barry Vernetti was another guy. He played for Ole Miss, um, played for Ole Miss and West Virginia. He was a four star Mm -hmm. from the U S so he was cool. He didn't have much of a, of a career that he had in the U S in the, in the, in college, but Still, it was really cool just to get a lot of different perspectives. So yeah. we had uh, ba- basketball players, football players, a professional golf player, Zach Olson, uh, NFL punter, and, and Tom Hutton interviewed a couple college-level coaches. Uh, so it's just it was really just cool to get to hear a lot of different perspectives and yeah. how they came from India. Definitely, a, like you like you said, it's all a process. So it's definitely good to get your feet wet. And now you're getting it with like a whole bunch of different uh sports athletes etc so no, sure. I, I bet it was definitely a good process for you good for sure it was not a great yeah. time with it too college football season is almost here guys yep that is true i'm so excited nfl seasons are around the corner it's preseason sure. starts this week hall of fame game so you're, you also go to tennessee which is of course an sec school yep. so just tell us about how you're excited for the Tennessee Vols football season and the difference it is between uh, Memphis or around the football that you've been around growing up. Yeah. Well, I'll say the, the, the coolest thing about going to Tennessee is every Saturday you get to walk into Neyland stadium, which packs in 102,000 people. Mm-hmm. And, and there, I mean, I, there are 102,000 people in there almost every time. So it, it's really cool to see an environment of, you know, 102,000 people, all just like you all want to watch a team play. Um, so I, I think that's the biggest difference between SEC football in general and, you know, minus Vanderbilt. But in general, minus, you know, you go and look at the other schools like the Pac-12, and you just don't get the same energy. Yeah. So I think, at least on Tennessee's perspective, it's really cool to be able to see, you know, an environment like Neyland every Saturday when they play at home. So what what are your favorite coaching hires over the course of the SEC? Yeah, well, I mean – a little bit of a homeboy here. I like Billy Napier, um, who just got hired at Florida. Did a great job at um, University of Louisiana Lafayette. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, Dabo Sweeney, he worked under Dabo Sweeney. Uh, you know, I, I, I really liked what he said in his press conferences. And he's not trying to push an agenda that we're a championship team right now. And, you know, I think with some coaches, they get so caught up in trying to sell, you know, sell really hard to the fans or sell really hard to the athletic department. And he's being honest. He's just, you know, he's saying this is not a complete team. And he said that in the summer, he's like, you know, we really need to hit the transfer portal hard because this is not a complete team we have. And I, I think he's, he's done a great job, especially Dan Mullen. I love Dan Mullen 
And I, I really hated that he left, but it made sense when you lose a locker room, especially if you're a coach, anytime you lose a locker room, it's going to be tough to keep your job. Yeah. And Mullen lost the locker room and ended up losing a lot of games. They're just unprepared. So Napier's done a great job at uh, preaching that, you know, we're going to play, we're going to play smart. We're going to play competitively and, and, you know, just preaching stuff that you want to have a, a program built around. He's trying to build a program at the, at the end of the day, not trying to build a season, you know? So right. I like Billy Napier. I thought it was really interesting that uh, Brian Kelly went to LSU, especially leaving a prestigious school like Notre Dame. I don't think LSU's there this year, but I think, you know, over the course of the next couple of years, LSU could be right back on Alabama's level. I don't really like LSU's roster this year. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't have them as, as high as I have some other teams. But uh, Brian Kelly and Billy Napier are probably my top two hires. Okay. So I no. do have to ask. Good. No, great. So my top two favorites, I guess we'll all go eat two or so, but my favorite is one, Brian Harson, of course, because of me being an Auburn fan. But then the other one is also Len Kiffin at Ole Miss, who got hired a couple of years ago. I just think he's like, uh, he's funny. And he just, how he is on Twitter is just hilarious. And you just, you can't dislike a coach like him. And so I just think his character of who he is is just pretty awesome. And it just, the type of coach he is, just the golf ball, holding a golf ball and then signing mustard bottles at SEC Media Day. It just, it's pretty funny. So he's a pretty funny guy. But then I love Harson just because of how well he's doing on the team. And then the recruiting trail, he's just flipping guys to co- commit to Auburn and just compete for a championship. So I do have, I do have to ask, it's pretty interesting because uh, a lot of Auburn fans are like anti Brian Harson. So I do have to, I do wonder your perspective, what, what makes you think he's doing such a good job? Not to, not to say that he's not, I'm not saying one way or the, another, but you're pretty much in the minority here. So I do, I do have to ask that. Yeah, because I, I have the same question. I don't think Brian Harson's the guy. I, I don't think he's the guy. And I think Auburn, he's he has the hottest seat in the SEC this year. I, I, would, I, would, I, would, I personally agree with that. I would love to hear your take on Brian Harson. I just think he's a great recruiter overall. And you might think I'm wrong, but I just think he does well. And then so far this year, he's landing a pretty good recruiting class in the transfer portal and high school commits and he's just out here flipping some guys to come to Auburn. It's just pretty cool because Gus Malzahn couldn't really do that. And so just getting to see Auburn kind of back up there and getting them big commits, it's just, it's cool to see because it's like Auburn football is back on top. But are they really, are they really back on top though? I think so. This, I mean, you lose your last, you lose your last five games in your season last year. Yeah. And I mean, you drop Mississippi State, South Carolina. I mean, those are games I would expect Auburn to win. I'll give you AM and Alabama, but I think the way the year started, you know, I, I think Harrison's on the hot seat. I, I really do. It'll be interesting to see. Well, Tennessee football landed a guy in the transfer portal today. Yeah. Uh, Clemson running back, Lynn J. Dixon. And so, what's your excitement for that? And then, what is also your thought of the transfer portal? I'll go first on the transfer portal. I honestly, I, I'm, I'm 50, 50 on it. I like it. What I don't like about it is it gives guys, it kind of gives them the, I can give up and not go hundred percent and I can kind of rethink my recruiting path. And it's not like I'm giving like how they tweet hundred percent committed to so, university of so-and-so, but it's like a year later they enter the transfer portal. And so it's like, they're giving up. And they're not competing for a roster spot just because they can take the easy way out and enter the transfer portal to review a new option and just fit in with another team and be a star there. So that's what my thought is on. But I'm curious about y'all's thoughts. Well, I'll give you two opinions. So I think the NIL and transfer portal are they they're both the same, but they're two different topics in my opinion. I'll start with NIL. So I think NIL is great. And I'm not debating the fact that these guys should not be paid and receive royalties for their name and likeness. 
I think it's, I mean, it's always happened, but now it's just out in front of you and everyone knows about it. Yes. But you know, some of these, I just, the transfer portal to me is a bigger issue. And the, the problem with the transfer portal is these guys can hop out, you know, uh, what's the guy from uh, Georgia? He just transferred to Alabama this year. Uh, wide receiver. I can't remember. Names cross my mind. But Oh, the number seven guy. Yeah. So, I mean, he like a guy like him leaves. Yeah. And now he's basically putting himself up for auction saying, I want to start a bidding war. That's all the transfer portal is now. The transfer portal should not be, I want to make more money. It's, I mean, Caleb Williams, for example. Yes, his coach leaves. But he's leaving because he had a good year at Oklahoma and knows his coach is gone and Oklahoma might not be as good of a team. So he's going to put himself for, you know, up for auction. Who's going to pay the most? So it takes away what the transfer portal is actually for. Transfer portal is there because if a guy is not going to play and wants to get another situation that might better himself, yes, go do it. But I don't understand why we're allowing these players to literally just hop out of the portal or hop into the portal and say, who's going to give me the biggest deal? That's not what college football is. So that's what makes me the most upset about the transfer portal. And I talked about it on my podcast, my first episode. I think there are a lot of ways that there could be change, especially, you know, I, I don't personally think a guy should transfer more than once. And now you might transfer to a situation that might not be the best again, but that's on you. You got to find a situation that you know and for sure is going to be the best situation for you. So I think there should be a penalty if you transfer more than one time. If you hop in the portal after committing in high school, you should not be able to be able to receive the same amount of money, you know, uh, high school players receiving, you know, there should be, there should be, you know, taxes on using the portal. I think if you want to transfer once all good, but we're not here to have a a bidding war in in football. Okay. Yeah. So, so I was going to say something similar to that. I think to, to your point, Robert, I think context does matter. Um, A recruit could be promised a whole bunch of things once they get to a school and then not, not receive anything at all. So I'm not saying that I'm not saying that it is 100% right for people to just transfer just to transfer because it's not. I think context does matter. I think uh, players who transfer to better themselves and, and who utilize their advantage of ha- having the platform and having their privilege of having the transfer transfer portal. I think using that in a positive manner is good is warranted. But I do agree with William. I think it's the utilization of the transfer portal that has been messed up. Just like. Uh, player empowerment that that role in the NBA I think is a similar take that people are using their status to kind of just up and leave uh, a la James Harden in my opinion but we, I digress but um, I do believe that the transfer portal is and it has its issues I think it can be used in the right light but a lot of people are starting to use it not in the right light. So I think I do agree with that. And and let me say this about the NIL deals. So, you know, I, I think personally, NCA is a business and it always has been, but now it's more out in the open. Oh yeah, for sure. But, Especially realignment, all that. Yeah. So with these players are getting paid, right? So the NFL, NBA, NHL, you can throw any major league, you know, league out there. Those players are getting paid, right? Yep. And they have salary caps so that all the team or all the players don't, you know, all get up on one team. So like, that'd be like the NIL is like if LeBron, Giannis, James Harden, Kevin Durant, Joel Embiid all got on one team because there's no, there's no cap on it. So I yep. think the NCAA should add a salary cap and do it by conference because obviously SEC is making a lot more revenue than other conferences. But if you do it to where there's a salary cap, you at least know in your own conference that everyone's going to be on the same playing field. So I, I, that's one of my takes on that. I, I can get behind that for sure. So Raymond and I are obviously in Memphis still, and we're 
University of Memphis Tiger fans. So Memphis Tiger football season is around the corner too. So Ramey, how excited are you for being back in Liberty Bowl Memorial Stadium and just getting to be at a University of Memphis game and your AKA, thoughts for this upcoming season? AKA soon to be Simmons Bank Memorial Stadium, but <laughs> I, I, I'm excited. Um, I definitely think that uh, this is Silverfield's prove it year. Um, I think that something around eight and four is reasonable. I think it's something that fans can get behind. Um, I know with this this past decade of Memphis Tigers football, we've been blessed and honored and privileged to have a lot of success. But um, I think some something like eight and four is pretty reasonable and can be a good balance point for our fans and coaches alike to think this is a successful enough season. Um, and I believe that the first couple of games will be a, a true test to where we are uh, starting off at Mississippi at Mississippi State, then at Navy. Um, it's going to be interesting, especially with all this conference realignment stuff. If we want to prove that we should uh, compete with the big dogs and the, the Power Five conferences, then we should uh, we should take these games seriously and then go from there. So I'm I'm excited. I'm more just anxious to see how we compete against the likes of Mississippi State, Houston, UCF, these, these names of teams that are either in Power Five or soon to be in Power Five. So I'm excited for sure, though. I think I think it'll be fun. I think it'll be a true test to how we have come along this past offseason since we did have a full offseason. Yeah, and week one is going to be even harder because we're at Mississippi State, of course. But you remember, y'all, I'm sure both of y'all remember what happened last year with Calvin Austin. When, when State didn't give the ball back to the refs, but then Calvin ran up sneaky and grabbed the ball and took off for the end zone and everyone it was a legal play. That's all I gotta say. It was legal. It was, but it, you know, just all the chaos, coaches on the field and refs holding coaches back and players arguing with other players and just turned into drama in the last minute of the games. I mean, that's college football in general for you. It I mean, is, but you know, it's just gonna be it's gonna be a hard game this year because they're gonna be hungry and we're gonna be hungry, of course, to be one and zero. But it it is what it is. I mean, for sure, like like you said, it, you it. It'll, it'll be interesting to see how Mississippi State comes out. But at the same time, we're not just going to be some pushover team. So I'm glad that we have them week one instead of later on like we did last season. It was about yeah, week, week, week three, three last year. Yeah, week three. That's what I thought. Um, no, I'm, I'm, I'm very excited. I think but, yeah, fun. I'm excited too because I think, I think this is kind of a Seth Hennigan like second freshman year because uh, Sean Dykes is gone. So he, Calvin Austin's gone. Basically, all that's left is like the running backs, and so all he's gonna have to learn a whole new re- receiver core, become find a new receiver to become close with and be his favorite target. The tight end, same way. So just basically gonna be like a Seth Hennigan prove it freshman year again, where he's gonna have to lead this team on his back and just on his own with his new receivers and tight ends that he didn't really get to play with last year because of Sean Dykes being on the team and Calvin Austin being the star player and. So it'll be interesting this year with Javon Ivory and Joe Skates coming in. And, well, of course, Ivory coming back, but Ivory now being the number one receiver and then Marcel Jones and Kobe Drake. So it'll be interesting to see who the next man up will be to step up at receiver. Uh, I I get your point, but at the same time, I think on uh, the positive side, this is also another year uh, that he has understanding the playbook, understanding Silverfield, understanding the offense. So, um, I, I think, I mean, it'll, it'll be a, it'll, there'll be some bumps in the road for sure. It's not going to be perfect. I don't think anything is perfect, especially in this, this, uh, this society of college football, I should say, but, um, I think he'll, I think he'll do fine. I think he's got a bright future ahead of him. Just 
as long as he gets comfortable with this O-line, these re- these receivers, this, the weapons that he has now, I think that this will be a pretty good year for, for Seth. But I'm definitely looking forward to it. It'll be fun. Like we said, tailgating and being back in the stadium, cheering on the Tigers each Saturday. But Yeah, I can't wait. We're back, boys. College football season. Yes, sir. The best feeling on Saturdays. And then, of course, Saturday night football. Um, getting to watch the late games while eating dinner and just getting to be able to wake up in the morning, too, watching college game day, getting to hear the announcers just talk the hype up of each game and just getting to hear who they pick for college game day to put the headset on for Lee Corso and just so I'm excited to talk back but it'll be a fun year yeah, or William is there anything y'all like to add I mean I just uh football the fall can't get any better uh especially especially like my favorite time of the year is like October when it gets a little cooler outside there's not a better feeling waking up on Saturday so like you put it I'm excited myself that is true it's gonna be it's gonna be a fun ride sure will uh well William, is there anything else you'd like to say for our listeners today? Uh, go follow and listen to the Pat of Facts, uh, streaming on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchor FM. You heard uh, it. Be sure to follow On The Prowl pod on all social, at On The Prowl 901. Be sure to follow, subscribe, like, share, story, tag us, whatever you want to do. Tell your friends about us. Buy some merch, rep us, tag us, all that jazz. Also be sure to follow uh, Pat of Facts. Follow the yeah, Pat of Facts. But I'm your host, Robert Roden. And I'm Raymond Johnson. Love you guys. Peace. Don't forget to join us next time on The Prowl. With the boys, yeah we swoop, yeah we swoop. And we got them high clocks and we'll shoot, and we'll shoot. With the Mercedes Benz in the car.